guys, it's Alexa and Brie and we're Dining Hall Hours and this is a podcast where we talk about post-grad pop culture and past UCLA stories. Um, but before we start, how are you doing today, Brie? Dude, I'm doing good. My family decided to book a seven-day vacation to Cancun in June. Oh, the struggle. <laughs> uh, so my life is so tough, but I'm, I'm hella pumped. It's, it's been a while since um, I've even been anywhere, so looking forward to that. How are you doing? I feel that. I feel that. Well, on the topic of trips, Jaime and I are trying to book like a little camping trip to Joshua Tree because he just bought a new truck. Ooh. So um, we're really trying to go out there and do something fun. Yeah, don't forget to invite me one of these days. Can I go with you? I know, dude. No, it would be so fun, especially since we have the season, the season pass, <laughs> the yearly pass to Joshua <laughs> Tree. So I think it would be really fun to plan something out if you're down for the camping life amazing I love inviting myself places it's all good it's all good I mean it's it's always really fun having you around so and we've never done a double date so that'd be like really fun if you brought Finn I agree that'll be in our future but um so we want to talk about some changes that we're going to be making to the pod uh during this episode so we're actually gonna hop right into our um, what's now going to be called the main dish. So yeah, per um, my friend Brianna's recommendation, she said it would be really fun to call it the main dish because, you know, kind of That's what we're dishing out. Exactly. So I thought it was really fun and Bri agreed. So our entrees will now be called the main dish. Love it. And then instead of having an appetizer this week, we're going to give you guys some dessert. Oh, oh. Mm Mm-hmm. We keep them guessing here at Dining Hall Hours. (laughs) We really do. So let's hop right in into our main dish of this week, which is actually going to be dealing on our UCLA experience. This chat is actually going to be two episodes long, so stay tuned for part two. So um, let's get this started where it all started, getting into UCLA. So Brie, tell me, I already know the answer, but was UCLA your dream school? It sure was, but I don't feel like it was in the conventional, I was dying to go to UCLA. It was kind of just like written in the cards for me for some reason. When I was in fourth grade, my mom's best friend bought me a UCLA t-shirt. And since then, that had been the only college gear that I had ever owned. And me and my best friend, Grishel, back in third grade, decided... (laughs) we're going to go to UCLA. And I don't know why we had that confidence and who told us about UCLA, but that was our decision. What about you? Um, UCLA was not my dream school. <laughs> my dream school is actually Columbia. I had to watch Gossip Girl growing up. and Oh, calm down, <laughs> Nate. <laughs> and Nate went to, to Columbia. So I was like, wow, they look so preppy. And me, I've always aspired to have that like preppy look, not even regarding their academics. I was like, I want to look preppy. So my dream school had always been Columbia, but obviously Columbia is an Ivy League and it's just like super difficult to get into. Wait, so, imagine you in New York though. Oh, I don't know. I think I'd just be complaining all the time. <laughs> like, I just don't think it would be good for you. You know, the home is San Diego for you and LA is close to home. Yeah, that's true. And then also like I'm naturally a very high paced person. So I feel like being in an environment that's all, like more so high paced, like I would have just crashed. Like, Yeah, you would have been like a cracker. It would have been so bad. So New York was not in the cards for me. So yeah, I, I never applied to Columbia though, actually. I don't know if I had mentioned this to you, Brie. Just no. because I was afraid of getting rejected for my dream school. So I was oh. like, if I don't apply, then I can't get rejected. Oh, that's the motto. <laughs> yeah, so never applied there. But 
before I kind of go into my decision process, were there any schools that you were between or why did you choose UCLA? Okay, so my top contenders were UC Berkeley, USC, UCLA. And it wasn't that difficult of a choice because UCLA gave me a really good scholarship and the financial difference was just insane to the point where it's like, you would be stupid if you didn't take up UCLA's offer. So that's pretty much it. What about you? For me, I was between UCSD and UCLA. Um, I had only ever visited UCSD and just a few CSUs, um, but I I really wanted to go to USC. So I was between those two schools. I had toured UCSD, as I had mentioned, but it was, I don't know, like I, I liked it a lot, but it wasn't something about it, like just didn't feel like a right fit for me. Yeah. And then when I got into UCLA, I was like, yeah, like LA, like I want to live in LA. Uh-huh. Uh, so did you visit UCLA once you had gotten accepted? I actually committed to UCLA prior to visiting. So I like oh. kind of did it blindly. I remember my dad, um, well, it was always my choice, but he was more so leaning for me to go to U- UCSD because it'd probably be cheaper. I wouldn't have to live there. And I remember one night I was like, nah, I'm going to go to UCLA. And I just committed. No way? Without yeah. His, without even consulting him? No, I just committed. I was like, oh, I'm going to UCLA. Go you, dude. <laughs> um, I think for me, it's funny because I was thinking of like, why did I choose UCLA? I think it was a lot of the prestige. I was like, oh, you think UCLA? You think, oh, you know, they're a good school academically. They have some well-known sports teams and they just look like your stereotypical college. Um, I was trying to think back. Did I, did I get any financial aid? I think I did get like a... Uh, a few grand from UCLA um, the first year. But I think also like most people graduating from high school is like, I want to leave home. I ain't staying here. (laughs) Right. So that was like another major motive. But what were your um, expectations of UCLA prior to attending? Well, one of the expectations that it did meet was I thought it was going to be a very prideful and spirited school. And it most definitely is. Like people are very prideful. I, at least I found. I just didn't feel that like energy. I don't know. Well, I felt like freshman year, like going into orientation, people were like very proud to be there. Like that was like one of the first oh, things I remember. And thinking I remember, about orientation, that's so true. Everybody's yeah, hyped. Exactly. And I remember um, Taz, who ended up being my roommate freshman year, she was very like, like very proud to be there. Very spirited. Like how I imagine people who got into UCLA feel. So... Um, and it's not like I didn't feel that way. I just was like, ah, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not a very spirited person in general. No, thinking back, I think I almost even took it for granted in a sense. Like, I I mean, I was happy, don't get me wrong, but I should have been, like, pumped. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like we're probably on the same boat about it. I was just like, oh, here we are. I thought something that would be really fun for us kind of to reminisce on our time there before we get into the nitty gritty would be to describe a typical day as a UCLA student. Oh, typical day as a UCLA student. So I would wake up around 10 a.m. because (laughs) like the night owl that I am, I scheduled all my classes to be, you know, the 11 a.m.s, maybe the 2 p.m.s because that's just how I roll. I would throw on my good old black leggings and a t-shirt combo, my my red Nikes and head to class. And what I 
do remember about UCLA is how much walking I did every single oh, day. Oh my goodness. People do not understand how hilly our campus is. How hilly, how stary our campus is. There's so many stairs. I would sweat just walking to class. Yeah, I would have to change my shirt constantly because it was just nonstop sweat down your back. Um, and it was pretty hot when we were attending. I, I would say we went through like a heat wave phase of UCLA. Most definitely. I remember freshman year too, because I live at the very top, as I had mentioned uh, previously, of the hill. And just walking down, I remember I'd be wearing like a sweater in the morning because it was like chilly leaving the dorm. Yeah. By the time I got just to the end of the hill, which is where our dorms are, I was already sweating. Like my jacket was off, like dripping in sweat. And I was like, Ugh. I remember, I think I did actually carry an extra shirt for a while because I was like, Mm-mm, I ain't going to class with a wet shirt. I think I was averaging five miles a day in just walking to and from class. Definitely. I remember I when I had the Apple Watch, I forgot what year. It was crazy. It was always like it's a crazy amount of steps per day. For um, sure. We definitely got our 10,000 steps in. Oh, 100%. Minimum. Yeah. But besides the walk, um, once I would go to class, I would actually walk back up the hill, which most people didn't. Most people, once they had already crossed the hill, they're like, look, I've already done all that walking. I'm going to stay on campus for a while. Me, I was addicted to the dining hall. I loved their food. It was convenient. And so I would walk all the way back up the hill, eat at the dining hall, and then head probably right back to campus, go to class. Our classes are typically like one hour-ish. So then once I finished class, I would head back to my dorm or my apartment. And then from then on, I pretty much had the rest of the day to eat, relax, and then get right into studying. Um, so that was a typical day for me. What about you? It's funny because before the episode, Brie and I were kind of chatting about a little bit about our typical day. And she's like, you probably remember all of it because they're just all the same. <laughs> Very routine. <laughs> um, and yeah, they were. Uh, so for me, I was quite the opposite from Brie. I was, I am a morning person. So all, I was the person who would schedule 8 a.m. In fact, I many times turned on the lights to the, to the <laughs> lecture hall because oh, I was God. the first one there. Um I remember uh, those Snapchats. She's like the first one in the class. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm very big on punctuality, y'all. And I remember I would purposely choose the 8 a.m.s. And I would always leave my dorm at like 7.15 thinking it would take me 45 minutes to walk <laughs> to um, the life sciences. Was it life science? Oh, my gosh. Oh, the CS freshman building. Alexa. Oh, freshman Alexa was fun. And I would sit there and I would review my lecture like you could not get nerdier than me freshman year. But getting back to like a typical day. So let's go like senior year. Because um, that's the one I remember the most. I would wake up like at 630. I would get ready. I'd go to the gym. I was the morning gym person. I love going and getting a good lift in in the morning. That was back when I used to weight lift. And go back to my apartment, eat breakfast, go to class. I normally had class around like nine ish. I was a big library person like my senior year. I love the libraries. I wish I would have appreciated them more uh, freshman and sophomore year. And I would just chill there until my next class. I was also a tutor or an LA, if you will. And I would do my tutoring in the middle of the day. After that, I think most of my classes would be kind of be done for the day. I would typically schedule my classes senior year only like Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesdays to, to come home. But Anyway, probably by the afternoon, let's say around three, I'd come um, back to the apartment, 
I'd eat lunch. And then I kid you not, I think I would probably study till about eight o'clock. Yep. That's the life of a student. Typical day. Like I would, we would study a lot. Like it was just a lot of studying. I think at the end of the day on a Tuesday, actually, Brie and I would sit down together at nine o'clock and watch This Is Us. Yep. That was our typical Tuesdays. That was a typical Tuesday. And that was really fun. Um, I know it sounds very like mundane, just like, oh, you go to class, do this. But I enjoyed it so much. I enjoyed the little things. I enjoyed my the days I could go to the library and get stuff done. Like it made me so happy. <laughs> kind of on that topic, let's talk about academics. What everyone wants to hear about. Maybe I just like hearing about these things when people talk about college, but oh, I'm ready to I wish I would have heard more about them before even entering. I I was really clueless about college, Alexa. When I tell you I knew nothing, I literally knew nothing. I felt the same way. I feel like high school, especially my high school, prepared me nothing. Like, I had no idea. I didn't even know what the heck my major, like, was going to be. And, ugh, but, uh, Yeah. But how about you get us started? Tell us a little bit about your, I mean, you've touched that you have a background in math, but what specifically math? Um, and how difficult overall was for your, what do you want to share about your academics? <laughs> so I remember my freshman year, it was really stressful to choose courses because most people tended to take their GEs, but there was tons of people that I talked to that were already on the ball. They knew their major and they were taking, oh, chem because I'm pre-med. Like I have to take that my first quarter or else I'm going to get behind and I was I was kind of unsure of my major. I picked stats because I did well in it in high school and I like math and I thought, okay, I think this is a good major. What do I know? But I wasn't sold on it. I constantly took GEs throughout my entire freshman year, except for math, the early math um, series. There you go. Series, yeah. The se- yeah, the early math series. It's like, okay, I figured whatever I end up in, it's likely going to be math related. So hopefully these classes don't go to waste. But that's what I was constantly worried about, Alexa. I thought like, what if I change my major and these classes no longer count towards it? Or what if I do bad in these courses and they negatively impact my GPA? So those are tons of things that you have to take into consideration. I think people don't take them seriously enough. What do you think? I don't know. See, I I mean, we're both in STEM, but I was in the pre-med realm. And I feel like everything was taken seriously there. Like mm. it was so freaking competitive. Like everything about being pre-med in the, at least when you're starting off with like the general series. So the bio, the chem, the physics, and the math series, so competitive. So I felt like at least in my courses, I felt like people took it pretty seriously. Um, but just because everyone was really trying to get that high GPA right away. And me, I was like struggling to barely get a B. Yeah, um, because it was just so hard for me. But I think it just depends too. Yeah, I, I get it. Does depend for everybody. Yeah, because Brie was. Let me just say, the people in the math department are really smart. So Brie is up there with those like smarty pants. Oh, <laughs> um, stop. <laughs> uh, so I feel like for for you, they probably seem like they weren't trying. I'm not saying pre meds aren't smart. Pre meds are actually very smart, but I feel like we also try very hard. Just as I was going to get into my first ever test at UCLA story. Oh my God. That's a great one. Um, it was in math 31A uh, calculus, uh, very similar to the calculus that I had taken in high school. And I took my first midterm and I was like, dang, that was, that was pretty hard. And I get my results and I got a staggering either 61 or 66%, for sure a D. Uh, and then my heart dropped a little bit. 
And then I looked at the grade distribution and I was literally, Alexa, exactly in the middle, average. Even though I wanted to cry a little bit, I had heard, hey, as long as you're in the middle, you're chilling. That's true. So, that, that was really hard to learn. I didn't really understand like what a curve meant. Freshman year of college, I was like, what? Like a C, like getting a 61 isn't like a D. And no, it really depended on the distribution. But I needed to go off on a little tangent and tell you a story. I don't know if you remember the story, but I thought of it because you were saying about your first math class. So freshman year, I took math class and it was like math one because I decided I didn't decide. I wasn't good at math. So I took pre-calc and my professor was kind of good looking. And I remember that I wanted to take a picture to show my friends. So I, <laughs> I had my flash and my sound on. And I literally, I was taking the picture and then all you can hear is the professor turns around. And he's like, you know, it's illegal to take pictures of your professors without permission. <laughs> yeah, but he was so mean. I, I went, I, I left that class. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess don't take pictures of your hot professors. Yeah, he's a jerk. I didn't like him after that. And every time I went to office hours to ask for help, he was just such a jerk. Weren't most. They were most. Most of them were really um, difficult to work with. But on that topic... Do you say, do you think that UCLA is as competitive academically as we have the rep of? I would say it is pretty cutthroat. I think in the beginning of my courses, there were there were people that literally didn't want to study with me, um, help me out. What about you? You were in the pre-med route, so you were even more cutthroat than it was my route. Just as cutthroat as you hear it, as you think it is, it's more. <laughs> um I felt like it was always very competitive. That's not to say that people don't help you. It's just like everyone's just like really trying to make it. And for some reason, some people thought that you couldn't succeed with like helping other people. Right. And I learned that the hard way. I A lot of times it was very hard to work with some people because they were just that competitive. I think it gets a little bit less so once you get into your major classes. Once um, My major was psychobiology. I forgot to mention that. So my, my lower division classes were all STEM. So the chem, the bios, the physics, um, there it felt very competitive, but my upper divisions were psychology. So once I got into those classes, everyone was so nice in the psych department. Um, hey, let's tell them about the quarter system. Oh, the quarter system. I love it. It's great. Um, I really do. I know that sounded like, it sounded sarcastic, but yeah, it did. <laughs> I, I really do like it because if you do have a professor or a course topic that you don't like, you're done with it in 10 weeks. Also, it's very fast-paced, which again, agrees with my way of being. I'm very high, um, fast-paced. And it allows you to take a wide variety of courses because you are taking so many courses in one year. Now, the cons would be that it's very hard to build a relationship with your professor. So if you're trying to get that letter of rec or just even get to know a professor who you will most likely have Again, if you're in a major class, um, it's very challenging because, again, it's only 10 weeks. And then rather than having like a syllabus week, which I know a lot of semester schools do, we have a syllabus like hour. <laughs> and We then, don't even have a syllabus hour, dude. They get straight into instruction. Yeah, definitely. It depends what course. But a lot of times it was just like 10 minutes. Is the syllabus? Okay, lecture one. And literally by week three, we were taking midterms. yeah. The criticism was a lot to handle. Um, it was really stressful for me because my grades as a, like a math person were heavily impacted by 
two tests and that's it. I swear to you. No, for sure. I think I forgot about that part. Yeah, it is very challenging when your courses are only composed of three things, two midterms and one final. And a lot of classes were like that. And it was just so brutal because as someone who doesn't consider themselves a, a good test taker, it was really hard. It was really hard. Can we talk about how many people there are in our classes, despite the fact that we have the smallest UC campus? The smallest UC campus, but the most people. It was hard to be able to adjust to 100 plus, sometimes 300 people classes if you're in like a popular GE. At UCLA, I felt like just a number most of the time. Your professors do not get to know you. They don't get to know your name. Um, they probably don't even know if you're in their class or not, unless you're like Alexa and I and frequently attend office hours. In my perspective, it was a disadvantage going to such a heavily impacted school. What about you, Alexa? Yeah, for sure. Because I feel like I hear people who graduated from a private school and they just had such like really small and intimate classes, which I think is so cool because you really get that individual time with a professor I mean, I kid you not, again, because I was in those pre-med classes, I'd have up to 500 people in a lecture hall at any given time. So imagine trying to ask your question. Like, it's hard. Well, also, I didn't like raising my hand in those classes because it's just really intimidating when there's so many people. And then even in my upper division, psychology was like the most popular major, I think, (laughs) at UCLA. And there was still about like 100, 200 people in my major classes. Yeah, that's true. I guess it did improve once you got to your upper division courses, but it wasn't like you got that personal one-on-one attention. Never. I think the only time I got that was when I think when I took those lab courses because you can only really have like 20 people in a lab class. Yeah. So that's when you can get more um, individual time with a professor or TA, whoever's teaching the course. Oh, that reminds me. Office hours. I was never embarrassed to go to office hours. I was there at the professor's office asking him questions. Um, Some were helpful, some were condescending, but I try to be tough because ultimately I was there to learn. I was there to get good grades. So I took advantage as much as I could. Definitely. Alongside professors, we have counselors who are kind of just as important to the undergrad experience. I know I have my fair share of experiences with counselors. Let's tell us about one of yours, (laughs) Brie. Oh God, my counselors sucked. (laughs) And the stats department specifically, oh God. I was constantly in a state of confusion and feeling lost and undecided about my major. And there was nobody that I could turn to. I couldn't go to a counselor who could tell me, hey, you should take these courses. Or if you take econ now, it'll be great for your future stats classes. No, none of that. I, I personally didn't have any of that advice. No, I felt the same way. I think the reason why I even graduated was because people told me that I had to fulfill certain requirements. Literally. It was like word of mouth. Like, it's so true. You go to this prestigious university, so you think, and you expect and you expect to have all these resources, resources, which we did. We did have some. But counseling was such a hard one. I remember um, the bio department was just challenging because they're such a huge department. Once I switched to psych, they were very helpful in terms of my major courses, but they did not know anything about like going into medicine, which I mean is fair, right? They're in the psych department. They know a lot about grad school and PhD programs, but not going into medical school. So it was very hard for me to find anyone to talk to. At one point I paid for a counselor and it was just like worthless. 
I remember a lot of times it was very discouraging, like Bree said, because some of them would just be like, oh no, you're not on, you're not on in the right path. You're not going to yeah. graduate on time. And I was like, what the heck? Like I was told by another counselor that this was the right thing. Yeah. So there was a lot of confusion there. Um, and then what sucks, my biggest complaint about UCLA is the fact that you have so many pre-meds, but you don't have a pre-med counselor. Are you kidding me? Well, come on, UCLA. You have so many resources. You have so much money. Get get the students a pre-med counselor. Yeah, and that's the thing. Look, um, I have a couple of friends who were success stories. They went to career centers and they took initiative. They got great careers. So it's definitely possible on UCLA's campus. However, I don't think it should be as difficult as it is. It shouldn't. We shouldn't have to go look for it. It should be there. Definitely. Uh, but we'll see if they change anything. I hope they do. I really hope because it. I mean, to this day, it's it's still a struggle finding a counselor, especially post grad. But We'll chat about that another time. But um, let's talk about our extracurriculars. So, Brie, please share with us where you worked because you worked in a very famous building. Oh, yes. I worked at the Student Activity Center, SAC. It was a great student job. I cannot complain one bit. And actually, I didn't work that many hours, um, but they were super lenient with us. It's just like there were other students who wanted more hours because they wanted more money. And I was working to kind of like fill my time because at the time I didn't have any friends. And that's literally I would go to my job just to occupy my time and get away from studying. So yeah, what about you, Alexa? I didn't work uh, most of my undergrad. I didn't work until the last quarter of my senior year, actually, because I was very fortunate that my dad supplied, <laughs> supplied me, uh, supported me financially throughout undergrad. So I was very blessed there. But also, I had a very hard time academically, as I touched on previously. So I, I found it really hard to work and do school. So once it was my senior year, and at that point, I was very comfortable with, with school and psychology classes aren't very challenging. I decided to become a tutor, a learning assistant. And I it was basically just going to the class and teaching kids kids, students, uh, the course material, which was a course I had previously taken. And it was really nice because I got to know the professor. I got to know the postdocs who were helping the professor, the TAs. Yeah, my work life was very limited at UCLA. I was more involved with uh, clubs and stuff. Yeah, let's hear about those clubs. Okay. I do want to share this experience because it might be of interest to some people. But um, I was an ASB in high school. So I was very into the student body and I was like, yes, like I'm going to get into that in college. So I remember my sophomore year, I applied for an internship at USAC, which is the student associated student body. And I remember I was like, oh my God, I forgot about that. Yeah, I, I was hoping that it would have been like a super fun experience and it wasn't like a complete loss. But my goodness, did these people take their jobs seriously? Like it, like how you would imagine politics in like <laughs> DC. That's how it felt like um, people were super dirty during the, during the elections. Like I remember they would drag people, like they would just pull dirt out of like, they'd go into your past and they'd pull that dirt and they'd use it against you in campaigns and campaign videos and posters and social media blasts. Like, it was crazy, but I ended up quitting USAC because it was hella dramatic. The people there are super nice, which is why it broke my heart when we were in election season and people would get dragged because I was like, they're the nicest people. But 
I think it was just taken too seriously. I'm like, you're running a college associated student body. Like, it's not that serious. <laughs> but what about you, Brie? Tell us about BSA. Yes, BSA, the greatest club to exist at UCLA. Join if you're interested in data science <laughs> and sports. Um, great experience, 10 out of 10. Prior to joining BSA, I was in quite a few different clubs. I was in Flying Sam's, like a medical club, which is funny because it had nothing to do with my major and I joined just because of Alexa. And then I was I was like a hula dancer for a, a hot second. That's right, I forgot about that. Yeah, I used to hula dance when I was little, so I thought it would be a good club for me. And then I quit. Um, there's many clubs that I quit, actually. I'm really good at quitting things. <laughs> Did nice. you quit anything? <laughs> I would like to see that I quit Flying Sam's, but I was almost like basically kicked out <laughs> of Flying Sam's. I didn't do anything bad. Anyway, so um, my biggest club was the American Medical Women's Association. And it was like a group of us women. Basically, it was like an environment in which we really supported one another. We would have a lot of female physicians, PAs, uh, you know, women professionals in the field of medicine come and chat to us about their journeys and about how they got there and the struggles of uh, being a woman or, you know, being a person of color in, in medicine. So it was really cool. And it was fun. I, I ended up ha becoming a... Uh, a director on board. I actually created like a little a club inside of the club called Sonriendo con el Corazón. So basically what I did is I helped a lot of the girls from UCLA go down to Mexico to um, to volunteer with my sister's organization, Sonriendo con el Corazón, and we would donate stuff to low-income um, communities. We volunteer at orphanages and it was really fun that was really rewarding I really enjoyed doing that I wish I would I could have done it more years but um it was a logistical um hardship getting Go you do though I feel like I remember I remember that stage in our college career and I think that's when you were thriving the most yeah I was it was really fun because I was enjoying what I was doing and I felt like I was also contributing to the club and to the world <laughs> um, so that was super fun but in terms of fun things that I did I can't think of too many. <laughs> I thought you were going to give us this long old laundry list. Like, no. oh, yeah. No, but the other things that stood out to me is I, I used to like got into weightlifting. So that was really fun. Um, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed getting to test my strength mm -hmm. doing that. So that was really fun. And I also did some research, like every basic pre-med. Professional. Not really. All I would really do was enter data. So don't, when you hear people saying like, I did research, like, hey, but you don't got to mention that on your med school apps. Okay. That's true. In my med school apps, I was saving lives with You're my research. number one researcher. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's so funny. Funny now because I'm actually a research assistant. Oh, you're a real researcher. But now I'm actually doing research. I actually get paid for what I do now. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. <laughs> so... <laughs> I did not want you to finish that, Alexa. Oh, God. <laughs> to end the episode, or the main dish, um, in a fun way, let's share a stereotype of UCLA or UCLA students. Okay. The number one stereotype that all UCLA students are hot and smart. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> What's yours? Okay, so my stereotype is North Campus versus South Campus rivalries. So for those of you guys who um, 
aren't aware. So North Campus is your humanities, your social sciences. Um, what else is in North Campus? Arts. Your arts. Um, well, I guess that, yeah. that pretty it. much embodies uh, your North Campus. South Campus is all your STEM majors. So, you know, your math, your sciences, your engineering. Um, and I guess even psychology is like middle campus. I don't know. I, we, we thought we were South Campus. <laughs> so basically there was like a big um, like rivalry between them because, you know, North Campus thought they were better. South Campus thought they were smarter. Like, oh, gosh, as Bree said, everyone's the same. <laughs> yeah, they're all stupid. <laughs> Um, it was so funny though because like for real like people would just be like taking this seriously back in the day we used to have a meme page and there would always be like north campus versus south campus memes and they were just so funny because you'd have like you know the artsy creative people versus like you know the quote-unquote nerds you know with, with no social life with no social life you know people like me getting to class really early turning on the <laughs> the lights for your professor so so yeah, there was like quite a, a like a fun rivalry. I don't think anyone took it too seriously, but it was really fun on the meme page because it was just like a lot of this versus that. But that was part one of our UCLA experience. I know we just touched on academics, extracurriculars, but we will definitely talk about uh, LA and our life in LA as UCLA students in episode two. Take a shot um, every time Alexa said LA in that previous statement. <laughs> Guys, I'm really learning how to articulate better. But I'm proud of you. You're doing great. Thank you. But sometimes, you know, this is really how I speak. So you're getting the honest me. Um, I love the honest you. Thank you, friend. I love I love I love that too. So okay, so let's get into the desserts of the episode. So we'll start with our fave, trends, trends, trending. So Brie, what is your TTT of the week? Oh, my triple T. Keeping up with the Kardashians. You know it. Series finale. Never been done before. Kim K. Thoughts on the episode? Okay. I want to talk about Scott and Sophia. I I want to know, are you on Team Scott or Team Sophia? I am on Team Courtney. (laughs) But I'm not in favor of Kim, uh, Courtney and Scott ever getting back together. Um, the true fans know that their relationship was toxic and they are not meant for each other. Just because you have kids with someone doesn't mean that you need to be together. True. Very true. So for those of you who don't watch the Kardashians, what we're referring to is that Scott Disick, who was previously with Courtney Kardashian, um, was dating Sophia Richie for about three years. And after a while of being together, Sophia was kind of fed up of not being the center of attention in Scott's life. Which, very fair, and she was very honest. So I appreciate her honesty. For um, sure. And ultimately, Scott decided to give her another chance. They got back together. And then Sophia gave Scott an ultimatum was like, pick me or pick Courtney. And Scott picked Courtney. You know what? I think I'm actually team Sophia. I- I've decided. And the reason being is that I think it's cool to co-parent but I think there should be limits as well. Eventually, um, Scott and Courtney need to find their own person and they need to learn how to balance that relationship that they have with each other. It's not normal to constantly vacation with your ex just because you have kids. You can draw the line. That is very true. Now that I think of it, I think it would be definitely challenging to date someone who has kids. So that being said, I think Sophia was very mature to have even 
you know, taken on that role of almost like a stepmom for so many years. Cause, and it looked like she got along with the kids too. So major yeah. props to her. I think she's mature beyond her years. Let's but, not forget her age. She's a very young 21, 22 year old. Yeah, exactly. So I am very much team Sophia too, because I think that she knew when to take a stand like, Hey, this isn't fair anymore. You're literally spending all this time with your ex um, baby mama. And it's not cool. Like if you want to do that, go ahead. But like, I'm done. Yep. So preach. major props to her. We love Sophia Richie. You go on and find yourself another man. Someone without kids. Preferably. Preferably. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so Brie, uh, what's your let me complain for a sec this week? You know, surprisingly, I'm going to do the whole 360 and talk about something that I'm grateful for like you Ooh, did in the previous episode. We love episodes. that. Um, it's actually been a really great week and I think it has to do with the music that I have been listening to. My friend Brian told me that Bruno Mars released this new song. He did? Yeah. I haven't listened to it. Oh God. And I went and I listened to it. I fell in love, Alexa. It's such a feel good song. It reminds me of like an old school, just classic good music that... It kept my freaking momentum up the whole week, and that's why I'm pumped. We love when a song sets the like the pace for your day or your week. I think I've listened to it a good like 50 times in this past week. Not lying. No, dude. I mean, that's awesome. I, I need to listen to it. I love Bruno Mars. Yeah, it's called um, Leave the Door Open. Okay, definitely check it out. Love that. What about yours? Oh, my let me complain for a sec. Honestly, it's more a complaint about myself <laughs> more than anything. <laughs> But um, last week, I was having a very overwhelming week because I spread myself too thin. Don't overfill your plate, guys. No pun intended. Definitely not. But yeah, I definitely had a lot on my plate. You know, I'm taking classes. I'm working. I have some um, kind of volunteer leadership roles at my church. In addition to being a daughter, a girlfriend, a sister a friend, <laughs> all those things. And it's just a lot sometimes because, you know, you you put in time into relationships, into your work, into your um, academics, and it's very overwhelming. So I had a really rough week because of that. But kind of spring to, break, spring break, kind of to turn, turn into 360. I am very grateful for my friends and my fam who put up with me because Aww. I was venting all the time last week. And Everyone kind of dealt with me, and I'm just very grateful to have all these people. I know. Wow. I know you're talking about me. I love you, too. I have your back. <laughs> Always come to me for advice. Yes. No, I definitely am talking about you because I vent to Brie all the time. Like, something happens at work, I'm, like, calling Brie, like, Brie, guess what happened? <laughs> but on the topic of gratitude, I think both you and I have a lot of gratitude to express towards the people that have been supporting us. Um, ever since we posted this podcast last week – so many people have reached out to us. They've given us advice. Hence, the we started switching a couple things up um, to hopefully improve your listening. And I, I think that's another reason what made my week so great is that like people are supporting us, and it's a, I don't know. I appreciate it. No, I for sure. I think people don't understand how um, major it is when they give positive feedback, or even if it's not the best feedback, but just give feedback at all. Like the fact that you're listening to us and you care enough to let us know what you think. Or even just telling us that you like our podcast just means a lot because Brie and I have been putting a lot of work into this. And little did we know, podcasting is a lot of work. But we're very grateful to have 
this little platform and to be able to chat and for people to listen to what we have to say, it's very rewarding. Yeah, I appreciate every single person that has reached out. But yeah, thank you guys so much. And again, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Stay tuned for part two of our UCLA experience coming to you next Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) I've always wanted to say that. (laughs) 